Hello, hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of My Spooky Gay Family. I am your resident spooky drag queen, Pissy Miles. And I am your resident spooky drag queen, spooky sister, Sam Baxter. And And this this is is My Spooky spooky Gay gay Family. back welcome back this is so exciting i can't even tell you how excited i am for this episode because the you don't even know what you don't know right now it's so i'm so excited because we have one of my very very favorite people in the whole wide world we just celebrated her birthday about a month ago and uh she is here my friend kathy kelly is here kathy is the owner the founder the curator the uh the Head witch in charge. Head witch in charge of (laughs) Paranormal Books and Curiosities in Asbury Park, New Jersey. It is a paranormal bookstore and a paranormal museum. And Kathy is a historian. She is probably one of the coolest people I've ever met. And hi, Kathy. Hello. Welcome. (laughs) I'm so excited that you're joining us today because uh, you have some of the coolest stories I think I've ever heard in my life. I've never met anyone with as many good stories as you do. You have lived quite a life. You know, I, it's funny in the telling. I certainly have. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't, oftentimes I hear myself tell a story, and I'm like, "Wow, you're awesome." <laughs> no, I'm not sure it feels that way. I mean, I've known you all of a half hour, and I was already there. So I mean, like, <laughs> I well, well, and that's what's funny because the same thing happens to me. I mean, as a drag queen, people come to me and they're like, "Your life must be so exciting." And I'm like. I, I go to work and I, I I put my boot I put my bra on one boob at a time like the rest of us. Thank you. Uh, Tina. I know that was, my, that was my little Tina Belcher moment. Um, but it's true. I feel like in the moment it never feels as cool as when you go back and you think about it and you're like, oh wow, this is actually really impressive. I'm a very cool person. Well, it's funny because I just somebody just I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like such a douche, but somebody just uh, wrote an article about me that I was not expecting to kind mm-hmm. of be this big deal that that happened, and I read it and I was like, oh my god, I'm fabulous. <laughs> you know, like, I was like, that sounds so cool. You know, like I am awesome. That's but you know, too I, funny. I, again, you know. In the reading, I am awesome. In the reality, I probably was just like, wear my socks. And, you know I, mean? like, I, can't, I can't find anything, you know. It is always, it's always better to like go back and reanalyze the story and like pick out the plot points because in your brain, you've got the socks story. Yeah. But, in, yeah. but in reality, you were being chased by a ghost. Yeah, okay. so. yeah, yeah. Or I was chasing the ghost. Exactly. Because, yeah, I'm a badass also, yeah. you know. So that actually leads us to uh, our, our first topic of conversation. First and foremost, I think everyone should just get to know you a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do and where you came from? We want to hear all of it. 
So um, I was born in a little uh, shack. In no, I was not born in a shack. Um, I uh, I'm Jersey in born Leeds and raised. Point. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. To a, to a mother who had twelve children. Um, that is the story of the Jersey Devil. That for is those what of you who I'm don't sticking know. with. Right? Um, I, I was. Uh, I am actually uh, the sixth of eight children. My parents were Irish immigrants. I was born here in oh, New Jersey. That makes sense. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Okay. It all is coming together. Um, I always had this uh, unabiding or this abiding passion for the paranormal. And and it for me, it was always this like profound curiosity to know, mm-hmm. not to believe, not to, but it's like to know, to experience, to, to, uh, to truly know what, what people, what people were meaning when they were talking about having paranormal experiences. And so I spent, um, I got a degree in Elizabethan literature, which was really helpful. It Did, was you really, re- yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Did you? get your degree I, I do from? from Ramapo College uh, oh, in Mawa. Cool. Yes. I um. So my like, like I said, my parents were were immigrants. The whole idea of college was was really alien to them. And I had seven brothers and sisters. Um, and none of them had gone to to college at at that point. Although several of them have since. Um, my my parents. I never expected to go to college, but I had a guidance counselor who um, was just like, "Hey, you know, I think I think that you're a person that should go to college," um, and she filled out this application for me for this scholarship uh, to Ramapo College, and I I won it. I won a four year scholarship to Ramapo, but I had never applied to the schools. Right, never <laughs> accepted. So this is kind of the tr- this is kind of the reality of my life. Kind of ass backwards is how I kind of do everything. You know, falling backwards into things everything uh, is just a f- uh, burning ferris wheel rolling towards the sea that's exactly what it's like and then i find myself there um yes, but i this instance it hit a popcorn factory and there was- i know and there was a popcorn <laughs> shooting everywhere I, I, your your life is so fascinating to me david had a very similar story david was like he was like i'm probably not going to go to college because his his parents were were kind of the same way mm. his dad was was Born in Cuba and raised in the U.S. and he's a, he's a citizen. His mom was the child of immigrants and mm. she was raised in the U.S. and so it's like he was the oldest son of the oldest siblings on both sides and so it's like he was like I'm what am I going to do and his his teachers were like you have to go to college right. like you have like you're mm-hmm. so smart you have to do this and his guidance counselor was like we're going to sit down and apply to all these colleges and get you into a good school and he ended up going to Seton Hall right, right and it's right. like he was he was fine going to some like community college right, yeah, and, they, yeah. and they were like no you have to go right. to an actual school uh, not that community colleges no no certainly school. not <laughs> um but one question I wanted to ask you that you kind of touched upon is, were you always interested in the paranormal? Like, what sparked the spook for you? So here's the thing. So people always ask me that. And for years, I said nothing. I, I always said, I, I was born this way. I came out this way. You know, so my mother <laughs> must like have Lady had an Gaga. experience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, I, I, I mean, I remember being five, six, seven years old. I grew up across the street from a, a, a pre-revolutionary war graveyard. But I got to tell you, it it didn't impact. I, I can't remember a moment. Like, I don't remember this, like, holy shit moment where hmm. suddenly everything changed. Um, and then I, I started thinking about this um, just a few months ago. And I was like, you know, there is a story that 
has been told to my family for, you know, 48 years because we just had my 50th birthday. <laughs> um, and, and my grandfather, and I was there, I was present at this thing that happened. And my grandfather um, had passed away and he had passed away in Ireland. And so we had known he was, you know, everyone knew he was going to die. So you have the opportunity, you either go for the wake or the funeral or you right. go before he dies. We happened to like hit it perfectly. And we were there when he died and stayed during, uh, you know, and stayed uh, for his funeral and his wake and, and hmm. probably honestly for a couple of months after that. And we were in this, uh, in the kitchen of the little house that my mother grew up in um you know no no uh, running water no telephone nothing like that and my grandmother was still alive and my grandmother was blind and my uncle who was about 28 years old at the time had just come back from the had come back from the carnival which was this like um a town event that that they had every year in in the little village that my mother grew up in. Do and, you remember the name of the village? Yeah, it was called Ballygar. Oh, oh, it's still they cool. still have it. They, so my mother grew up in a place called Ballinlass, um, uh, Ballinaslow, Ballinlass. But the major little town was was Ballygar. So that's about ten miles away. And when I say he went to town, that's like a euphemism for you know he had fifteen pints. At, you know, yeah. um, but I, I don't. Like it, the funny thing is, is that they if you're going to walk ten miles to right, town, you may as well. You're going to walk. Nobody said he walked. I was trying to get, I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt here. Right? <laughs> Nobody said he walked. Um, but but you know they didn't get. I, I, I'm not trying to excuse it, but it's it's a different world. It's a different yeah. life. Yeah. <clears throat> but he came home. And he's the man of the house now. My grandmother's there. And he was always very respectful and very loved my grandmother very, very much. Hmm. Um, but he'd had a few. And he was kind of pontificating, I'm sure, about something that was going on in town. And someone looked at him sideways. And this, this guy did this and this guy did this. <laughs> and my grandmother said, um, did you know Marcin? His name was March, is Marcin, which is Martin. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he said... Um, uh, Marcin, did you did you milk the cow? You know, you go milk the cow. <laughs> and he was like, I will, I will, sure I will. And she said, you know, if you don't, she'll get sore and she won't give milk anymore because that's mm-hmm. what happens if you don't milk cow. And my uncle just didn't want to be told what to do. And so he was just went on and started blah, blah, blah. Now, when I say they live out in the middle of nowhere, I mean they live out in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, there's not a house no for... Lights, no, no and, and there's not a house for another mile and a, you know, mile and a half. Nobody's messing with you at 11 o'clock at night. It's just not happening. And so um, we're sitting in the kitchen. I'm on my mother's lap. I've heard this story so many times. I, I don't know if I remember it or if I just remember the story right. being told. Mm. But then sometimes it kind of, things kind of make sense. So I'm laying. I'm there, and I'm sitting on her on her lap. And um, they're my aunt, my my grandmother, and my uncle are having a fight that they're not really having. And um, <laughs> three knocks come at the front door. <clears throat> it's eleven o'clock in rural Ireland in yeah. the 1970s. You know who the so my uncle goes out opens the door and there's nobody there he comes back in um and my grandmother says who was it and he says oh it was no no one it was no one there must have been the wind must have been this he goes back again three more (laughs) knocks at the door you know he goes out comes back in and now he's starting to get a little bit uncomfortable because Mm. it's weird something strange is happening so finally you know my grandmother's like Matching your father would be awful upset. You know, Ma, you should go out. And he's like, I will try. I told you I would. <laughs> and then there's three loud bangs. And I kind of remember that. And everything stops. And he goes and he grabs his hunting rifle. Because now he's thinking there's somebody. Someone's, yeah. someone's, someone's fucking messing with us, right? Yeah. So he goes out and he's gone for about 25 minutes. 
And we're all sitting there like, so how's your day? You know, like, like what are we doing? <laughs> so <clears throat> back he comes, he puts the thing, you know, the gun back up and he walks in and he comes in, he calls all, call, all the way in. He's not standing in the door in a way. Now he sits down next to the range next to my grandmother. And she says, almost like she knew, she says, well, Martin, what did you find? And he <laughs> says, well, I walked up the road, and there was no one up the road. And I walked down the road, and there was no one down the road. And she says, mm-hmm. And then what'd you do? And he said, I walked out to the barn. And he goes, and the cow was in her stall. And the milking pail was underneath her, <laughs> waiting for me. <laughs> And she goes, and what'd you do? And he goes, well, I milked the feckin' cow. <laughs> you know? And I mean, it's funny. Yeah. But it's a story that I've heard so many. And, and you know, there's a part of me that's like, that was my grandfather, you know, mm-hmm. that, that was telling them that. So so maybe that's my origin story, because it kind of is like, I can't remember a time in my life where I wasn't like, how do you know that's not real? How do you yeah. know? Like, like right. you're just say. I, I have people that come in to the shop all the time who are skeptics and they'll come in and they'll say, isn't believing in the paranormal taking something tiny that happened and blowing out of proportion? And I'll say maybe, but isn't disbelief taking something tiny that happened and pretending it didn't? Yeah. You know, just yeah. because it's the, you know, just That's because it's a the, really good right? way of putting it. You know, it. it's like just because it's not this huge, you know, wraith, uh, you know, and, and lights and this mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean that you can just say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just not going to explain it. I don't have to explain that. Mm-hmm. But just because right. it's little. And I think that in paranormal studies and, in, in, you know, I, I don't call myself a paranormal researcher or a paranormal mm-hmm. investigator. I'm more of like a safariist, you know. Like, <laughs> Hopefully the ghost will come by, you know. Um, You're setting up a blind yeah, waiting. Yeah, you know, I'm just going to wait here. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. Um, I think that. And I think that when you when it comes to looking at the paranormal, that's what you're talking about. Are these subtle, you know, um, not big, huge things, personal things that people experience. Almost invariably, the experiences that people have are very intimate and very personal. Mm. It's almost always related. And, and people have a tendency to discount it because it's related to you. Um, and not universal. So if you see your grandmother who has passed, mm-hmm. everyone's kind of like, oh. Well, of course you did. Weren't you thinking about it? Yeah, her? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. probably yeah. really miss her. Uh, no, but it's I like, don't, why would know. Mima be visiting some stranger down the street? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be more worried if she hadn't gone to see my friend. Like, I know. It's like, did but I make you mad? But mean you didn't see it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It doesn't mean you didn't see it. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting way of putting it. Because it, I... I kind of live on the same plane as you where it's like I can't explain everything and I don't it's not that I don't feel the need to because I would love to be able to explain it but just because I don't have the tools or the vocabulary or the understanding to be able to explain it doesn't mean it didn't happen and it also doesn't mean that it's some grandiose thing it it could be a billion things that we just don't understand yet. Sam and I have this conversation uh, all the time, I, for some strange reason, never on the podcast. But uh, <laughs> we sort of did when we were talking about Dad's house, like a little, a tiny little bit, bit yeah. where it's like, like I don't like the word supernatural because it's not. It, it's supernatural. not supernatural. It's, if happening. it's happening. It's yeah. part of nature because everything's part of nature. It's just we can't explain it, and that doesn't mean it's 
and, weird or strange. And on top of it, one thing that Sam has always said that I think is very uh, is very intelligent about it is that like oh, well, thank you. Our, <laughs> one our, thing. Sorry. One sorry, thing. I'm holding up a separate voice recorder for this right now because this is never going to happen again. The one, one intelligent <laughs> thing Sam has ever said is that our understanding of the world changes so dramatically and so quickly. You know, a hundred years ago, their understanding of the world was so massively different from what it is today. We can split atoms now. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean think, but think about this. The study of the paranormal, the interest in the paranormal, is one of those areas of research where the more successful you are, you lose what you're studying, yeah. right? So, so when you look back at like who started the Ghost Club in London, or who started the Society for Psychical Research in London in the 1860s, 1840s, 1860s, you know, it was like Sir Oliver Lodge who was like developing radio. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he was looking at this, and I mean, these people were were these people were you know giants of their time, and. And they looked at this and said, this is a valid pursuit Mm -hmm. because they were looking at the natural world and seeing things in the natural world. It's only when you add in the divine or the infernal that you that you step into what I would consider the supernatural. Right. And I don't really play there. I'm not. It has very little interest for me. Right. Um, if I'm not part of the game where I can actually, you know, <laughs> yeah. affect the outcome, no, I'm fair. really not that interested. Yeah, I don't. So the it. idea of demons or the ideas of, of angels, honestly, that's just not something I can participate in. So I'm more interested in the survival of personality after death, the concepts of of telekinesis and time slips and and um, the multiverse and and all of the things that I'm saying. I realize what it makes me sound like. To the cat, to the casual person who's, mm-hmm. who's, but one of the reasons why I do what I do is that I do feel like I have the intellectual chops to go <laughs> up against people to just kind of be like, you can't dismiss people because they have um, a curiosity or a passion about something mm. that you don't. Right. You know, they're not dumb. They're not stupid. They're not lying. They're not drunk. I mean, maybe they're all of those things, but not because. They're dumb, they're stupid, yeah, they're lying, they're and they're drunk. Like, they're but they also saw a ghost, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't inherently make you less. Yeah. Because yeah. you're looking. And I think that there is a cultural elitism. I think there's an intellectual elitism. And, and I think that, unfortunately, I think a lot of people who are interested in this subject matter um, feed into it. Uh, where where they have this like we just want to be allowed to pursue this and so mm-hmm. we'll take this kind of you know looking down your nose at us kind of abuse whereas we really eat shit as long as you leave us alone right yeah. and yeah. that's exactly what it is yeah. I mean there's a the Stanley Hotel um, stopped allowing paranormal investigators to come in because um, you know they they were hugely successful with it. Um, they stopped allowing paranormal investigators to come in because they didn't want to be associated with these. So they have their own group that that does it. It's like, right. it's like, wait a second. For 15 years, yeah. you 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 know you ate off the plate of paranormal investigators. Yeah. You know, and now suddenly you don't want to be. Yeah. <laughs> now we're the redheaded stepchild. Like, what? That what I feel like it's always when that plaque from the historical society is in the mail. Is right. usually when it starts yeah. to hit. You yeah. know, it's like. Well, I have to say, like, I am a trained historian. I do have my master's degree in history. Thank you very much. Um, (laughs) I went back to get it because of this, though. Mm -hmm. You know, I was as much an historian 
before I got my degree as I am now, the difference was people would call me a fake historian. And so uh, on, on the Facebook, people would call me a fake historian. <laughs> and then all of my friends would point it out. You know? <laughs> all of the people where you're like, oh, thank you so much. I, I missed that. You know, where someone, where someone called me a stupid fraud. I've been ignoring it. Thank you. Where someone called me a stupid fraud. I, I missed that. Um, like, thanks. I had only had one beer tonight. Thanks for pointing that out. I have a six pack. Great. Thanks, guys. So I went I went back and got my degree and um, and I did it specifically to counter that yeah. and, and to counter mm-hmm. the idea that, you know, there's this idea that with education comes less interest in it. The truth is it it. It does. It certainly didn't for me, um, but I'm not sure my interest was ever where, where the average, where the average like paranormal TV show watcher was. Right. I mean, mm. I, I enjoy it too. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, I, I personally, I just think that there's there's enough out there that people are experiencing that's interesting, regardless of where it's coming from, and. You know, like we're standing, we're, we're here, and I have a lot of haunted objects, you know, around me. Um, a thing which has not escaped my notice. This is, this, is, this is the second time we've been recording this podcast in a place that we're, we're like 99% sure it's haunted. It's haunted, yeah. So, so I'll tell you, um, so I have been here, I've owned this building for five years, but I've been in it for two. Yeah. And this is the most consistently active place that I have ever been. I'm so excited Fantastic. to get into this. And that, that's actually a great <laughs> spot to say. So, Kathy Kelly, you grew up, you went to college, you got your degree in Elizabethan <laughs> literature, which yes. uh, you put to great use. <laughs> and then... You. She did. Storytelling and, is very important <laughs> in what she does. I did. I wasn't. I said it was very useful. I'm sorry. I get like I, I have an irrational you Pavlovian response when people disparage the humanities. It's fine. Go ahead. You didn't even have a tangerine Red Bull tonight, Sam. Why are you so angry? Because I didn't have a Red Bull pissy at all. Go so ahead. you grew up. You went to college. You got your degree, and then you graduated. At what point did you like? At what point in your history did you say? I think I would like to open a paranormal bookstore and museum. So I spent 20 years or almost 20 years, 18 years uh, doing television production and uh, live sporting events. And I did it specifically with predominantly with um, Southeast Asian Wait, sports. you're a gay woman who worked in sports casting? <laughs> yeah, but wait. I, mean, <laughs> I worked in sports casting in India, in Egypt, in, uh, in um, South Africa, um, and that's mostly where I where I did really. Oh, yeah, so wait, yeah. then oh, do you understand cricket? Because I, I need someone. To, I, I need someone to explain this. Shit I do understand cricket. Okay, I'm we'll not wait sure. You hit the ball. You take a sip of tea. <laughs> no, it's like I look at it and I go, okay, this is somewhere between baseball and bowling. So you but try I'm not to sure. figure that out. You try to figure that out. It's, it's kind of like is golf a sport or is it like a you know a game? And right. I think that with <laughs> cricket, that's kind of where you're at with that okay, too. That's fair. Uh, it's a very it's a complicated game. Um, so you were you were working in TV production. Yeah, I did, and 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 and, and you know, I, I got to a point in my life where I was I had realized, okay, I'm, I've been doing this for a long time. Um, I'm gonna I could either keep doing it for somebody else, and I loved what I did. Mm-hmm. I did, you know, essentially it was niche marketing. Had you met your wife at this point? Right at the, I think she was the impetus for me to to kind of like we'd been together for a little while, and then. <laughs> um, she was just like, what are you doing it for them? You know, like, Why are you doing it for them? Um, and honestly, I have to give her credit for being the one to kind of give me the, you know, 
the push out of the nest, if you will, to um, a little nudge. To, yeah, yeah, with big boot um, <laughs> to just be like. I remember she's like, "Do you want to be? Do you want to be forty six doing this? Do you want to be fifty? Do you want to be sixty six? And um, I was. I had just moved down here, and Asbury Park was such a weird place that hmm. um, I remember the first place I opened it was I was going to call it House of Spirits. Thank God I didn't because Johnny Max Bar opened up <laughs> House of Spirits. I changed it to Paranormal at the last minute. I already had a sign and everything made. Because I wanted to appeal to men as well as women. And I mm. thought that men would be less inclined to come into a place called House of Spirits. Really? And I really didn't think it was indicative of what I really want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, and so. Do you honestly, think it's because it's more sort of scientific sounding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spiritualism thing? Yes, I think okay. that's exactly what it is. And I think it's it's one of those umbrella terms, you right. know, mm. where, where it's. Um, you know, non-denominational, you know, so, um, and it applies to the scientific, but it also applies to some elements of the spiritual and it also applies. It can be what you want it to be. You know, you could, you could be a a UFO, you know, like, exactly. (laughs) exactly. That's exactly it. It's like UFO cryptids. Sure. Come on down. That's one of the things I wanted to mention to you at some point, Sam, Uh there is some really cool cryptid shit downstairs in the museum. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> we have quite a few cryptids. It's really cool. Well, I've I'll, already, I, I've already had like my mind. In the interest of full disclosure, um, Kathy owns some some fairly amazing serial killer paraphernalia. <laughs> I, I was, I, I was current. I was holding a piece of paper that Dennis Rader had touched at one point. So I'm sitting here, kind of like I've been fangirling for the last. Like, <laughs> Not that I'm a fan of BTK, but I'm a fan of Kathy. <laughs> but it's just so. It's it's like you said. It 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 appeals to that historical mm. side of you where it's like, wow, I'm holding a piece yeah. of history in my hands. Right. And it's a very dark, sordid history, but it is. Oh, yeah, no, it's a lump of coal, but it still came out of the earth. It's but, exactly. You know, yeah. and, and honestly, it's, it's a, I think one of the reasons why we're, we're so, there's a huge crossover. There's a huge mm-hmm. crossover between paranormal, people who are interested in the paranormal, people who are interested in serial killers. Yeah, it's and just true is. crime in it just general. just is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's because, to a certain degree, and I think this is why the, the interest is understandable. You know, we've all been happy, mm-hmm. right? We've all been joyous. We've all been this... N- None of us have ever lost ourselves so much to do anything that 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 these people do, Hopefully. and so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so far, so far. I was like, speak for yourself, that we that we I spent of. last Wednesday yeah. in Washington D.C. <laughs> yeah. I had some, yeah. I, I had like, some temptations. I was going to say you've been in scarier places <laughs> I than say, I, I have. Part time retail job. <laughs> I don't know about it. <laughs> I, I was in Transylvania, and you were still in a scarier place than I was. <laughs> you were literally in Vlad's well, castle. Well, there were less bloodsuckers where you were. <laughs> That's exactly, exactly. right. Exactly. Exactly My right. goodness, I I, I I want to talk to you about Vlad's okay. castle at some point. But so, so, uh, Alicia, your wife said, like, do you want to be sixty six doing this? Yeah. Well, and- I mean, I think you know, I think what it, what had happened was I I knew I had to leave what I was doing, even though I loved it. Um, I knew that, and and unfortunately for me, because of the way my career, the arc of my career had been, a lateral move would be a step back. Mm. So I had more responsibility than I had title. And I had more responsibility than I had salary, right? So if I were to move <laughs> laterally into into another, you know, into another place, um, it would really be a huge step back for me. And so um, I was just said, you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna try and do what I do, but I'm gonna do it for me, and I'm gonna do it, um, 
I'm going to do the subject matter that I'm interested in. And so because I did have a background in television, I pulled ratings to see whether or not a brick and mortar would work mm-hmm. for paranormal. I was going to do it anyway, but this would be like... <laughs> but it's always good is, to have those numbers to close well, to. Just, this, yeah. it, it was just nice to know if you were going to have panic attacks yeah. or not. Right, right. <laughs> so I, um, I, I, I pulled all the numbers, and, and in, 90, uh, nine, not so nine, in 2007, 2008, there were more hours of paranormal programming produced than anything else other than Major League Baseball. Hmm. So what that said to me was, if if the if TV shows are being produced, they're being consumed yeah. because otherwise they just don't produce them. Exactly. Um, and it also meant that there were people out there who were of like minds to me that there could be, you know, that that it would sustain a brick and mortar uh, shop. Um, I will say, changing the name to Paranormal was like a lightning rod. I mean, it was it was just. I, I don't know that I would still be here if I hadn't called it paranormal. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think I think if I had called it anything else, <laughs> it just would have been like, well, that was funny. You know, like, how, how did she expect to stay open? Um, <laughs> but I got open. Um, and largely we stayed open because Asbury Park was the Wild West and you could do whatever you wanted to do. And um, there was a lot of shit I was doing that that. If they knew, (laughs) well, we won't out you tonight. (laughs) You know, I don't know. I'm not sure. The next five um, minutes of this podcast have been redacted (laughs) (laughs) for the FBI agent listening. I know, seriously. So, one of my biggest something that I've always been curious about with regard to the bookstore and the museum is that did it start as a bookstore and then you were like wait but i have all this cool shit let me let me put it on display and then it grew into something so that else. is that is exactly what happened i it started as i always intended to do tours i always intended to do events um but i was a bookstore you know mm-hmm. i mean primarily mm-hmm. i have four thousand titles i i was a bookstore oh and i, I was, perused all of them <laughs> <laughs> and i was super resistant to other things like i was like no, I don't do candles. No, I don't do tarot cards. Now it's like I got a shit ton of candles. I got I a shit ton. Um, and I love them. They're great. Um, I But I was like, I want to satisfy this specific area of, of the paranormal. Yeah. You're um, not a spiritual shop. Right. Or, I, I would, yeah. did not want to step on the toe. I wanted to stay in my lane. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and for me, how the shop looked was super important. Um, so it had to look like this. Victor- I wanted it to look like a Victorian parlor. Mm-hmm. I didn't want it to look like a shop, which is funny because it's like then people don't know they can buy things. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> then they're like, "When's dinner?" You know? <laughs> like, um, but I always, I always had like a little tchotchkes in the back and stuff like that. That was kind of fun. Um, but what you know, the funny thing is, is I always thought of. The, I, I now think of the museum as the primary business it yeah. really, i mean it's 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 where my passion actually is you know the store is fun i like having the store um it's definitely you know exit through the gift it's, shop yeah, kind it of, draws you know, in yeah. the right, traffic yeah right but for me the museum is a reflection of who i am and yeah. and much more so even though the even though the shop was too but the museum is i'm so proud of what we are now with 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 the way it looks and the and the presentation and what we have in there um, i would put it up against honestly i would put it up against any small specialty museum in the country and i don't know that i've met its match you know what i mean i'm like uh, not to just sound like but we're not hokey where you know we, we do a great presentation 
Um, we're always changing, always growing and th- stuff like that. But that, but that's exactly what happened. I just had a collection of stuff. And what would happen was people would come in and be like, I don't want this in my house anymore. Will you take it? And I, and I was always like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, I'll take yeah. it. My dad said the same thing about me. Um, <laughs> Dude, Dave, just take it. Please, just I don't want this it. in my house anymore. Just take it. You just um, take it. <laughs> so at what point did you start collecting things for the museum? So I don't really, I, I will say it's less of a collecting than it is donations, mm-hmm. right? So I don't have to collect. You, you know what <laughs> you I mean? You like to. But no, I mean, I mean, like, I don't have to collect. They co- It comes to us. Mm-hmm. What I have to do is curate and decide right. what hmm. to put out there. Because, like, for instance, I have about 12 or 15 Ouija boards on mm-hmm. display. Every single one of them has a reputation for being haunted or have something attached to it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's true. It just yeah, they, that's, somebody that's pr- somebody purported. You know, somebody brought it in because they were terrified of it. I probably have three hundred of them, so I'll that's rotate crazy. because people bring them. So here's the thing about Ouija boards, tarot cards, and cursed objects: you cannot destroy them. You cannot burn them. You cannot break them. You cannot throw them away. The only way, according to lore, the only way to get rid of a cursed object or a Ouija board is to give it to someone else. Now, think about that. It makes you complicit <laughs> in, in someone the cursing. Else's, right. Yeah. Someone so else. I have a Ouija board depository <laughs> where you can It's like a book drop in the library. It's it. like after hours, please take, drop in the slot. I will take <laughs> any Ouija board that you have that you're that you're afraid of. Um, generally speaking, I, I don't think there's much to Ouija boards. Mm-hmm. That being said, if you're afraid, I want to help you out, you know? Yeah. So I, I just have imagine that like every six months you ride a boat out into the ocean <laughs> off the boardwalk <laughs> and like dump a bunch of spirits yeah. into the ocean. Like, well, it was a productive slumber party season. There we go. Okay. We're out. Like that's enough of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So what would you say is the ratio of creepy dolls to everything else that you have? How people react to <laughs> yeah. it. So I have, I have six dolls that, oh no, I'm sorry. I have eight dolls. I have many dolls, but I have eight dolls that are on display. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you, so there's no reason, mm-hmm. that, there's no positive haunting of a, of a doll. There are dolls that are receptacles of love and affection, and you get that vibe from them because they were just loved, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, it was sweet. Mm-hmm. Someone's doll is here. Um, and then, but let me tell you something. If a doll is giggling or shit, yeah, it's you know, it's, it's, it's the devil. Okay? It's, not, it's not like, don't fuck with it. It's the devil. I do, and I have one of them. I do have one of them. And I will tell you. In the we, building where I'm sitting, just to be clear. Uh, yes. Great. <laughs> and we learned something new about her not that long ago. If you're um, listening to this six months from now, Pissy and I died. I know. It's like the Blair Witch Project. We, um, uh, I, I, from time to time, I will take the dolls out for people if they want to, um, as long as they're fully aware, I'll take them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did something Please on... sign this waiver. You're informed consent. <laughs> <laughs> we did something on Mischief Night called Mischief at the Museum. And we essentially had, you know, we had wine and coffee and, you know, just sitting around bullshitting and um, people tell their stories and then I tell whatever story they want to hear. And I have a, a set of tarot cards and each of the tarot cards represents an artifact. So they choose them randomly. And of course, they all wanted Missy. <laughs> so here's the thing. Everyone thinks when they see a sweet little dolly that whatever is haunting it also looks like a sweet little dolly so there was a woman here and she kept hugging on missy and she was like oh she's so sweet and i said i said just just so we're clear 
I doubt a little girl is what's haunting that what's doll. What's in that doll. Right? And you could very well just be dragging somebody's old ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> Missy is definitely haunted by a ball sack. Like this. Like this. Just, you know, because she kept rubbing her on her face. Oh, and as I said that, the woman's husband was here and she he was dying. He was like, I told you. <laughs> and, um, as, we're, as we're doing it, um, I say that and where everyone's laughing and then, and I never knew this about her, she starts playing music. I never oh God, knew no. Missy played music. No, and the pass. next thing, and you can't find the thing, you can't find... There's no the, way to turn it off. Well, I don't, I don't know. That you knew of. No, I, I, and I didn't know there was a wind-up. I mean, I didn't, it, she just was like, ding, 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 ding. Oh, like God, Like no. music. And it was like, the woman was just, the woman, the woman was like, okay, here's the ball sack part. Like, like, That's what convinced you the ball sack part wasn't the problem. It was I just, the music. Like, it's a musical ball sack. It's if too far. Okay, well, it was almost like the like the ball sack was like um like saying I was right. You know, like, like, like yes, you are yeah, absolutely yeah, drawing my ball sack across your face. Like, now, if you can uh, imagine, you your listeners can't see this, but if you, but you can see, she just was like this. It was like stroking it with her cheek, and I was just like, that could be somebody's like dirty cat. old ball sack. You know? <laughs> I'm just saying. You just rubbed your face on a taint. I'm just so. <laughs> like I'm just saying a I'm ghost just taint. Saying that's. And this is uh, this is the perfect moment for me to talk a little bit about how you and I met, because that is one of the things that really drew me to this place. Basically, what was it? Five, six years ago. It was maybe even longer than that. that. David and I, my husband, David, were in Asbury Park and we saw this place. You guys had just started going out. I think we. uh, Yeah. So it must have been like seven years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Seven or eight years ago. God, how long ago was it? Almost and eight. I know it's almost eight. Uh, we saw this place called Paranormal Books and Curiosities, and I was like, "That looks like a really cool place." Because it's like you said, the down the bookstore, which is downstairs below the museum, well, where the museum is now, right? Um, had that kind of parlor feel. Right. Everything was like rich, deep, rich woods, mm. and and like the very uh, ornamental fabrics and things like that. But then all these like really cool looking books and artifacts. And I was like, we need to go in there. But unfortunately, the store was closed that day. So David, around Halloween, made plans for uh, our group right. to come and do a ghost tour of Asbury Park, which is something that... Do you still do the ghost tours? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't personally yeah. generally do them now. Now, if I do them, it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I did do it for you guys. You though, did do it for us. You did one we went on two of them we went on one with you and one with chris Mm -hmm. that was the night we met chris right and um we came with this group and that night we we stayed and talked to you like i remember all night because we were so interested in all the stories you were telling us and that is how you and i became friends is because i was like i was like she's just the coolest person i've ever (laughs) met in my life and uh Something that you started to talk about was some of the possible haunting aspects of the building. Right. Because you used to own... The bookstore never moved, right? No, the bookstore moved. Like, I I actually bought the building next door. So, the bookstore used to be one storefront down mm-hmm. and I'm now, now we're in a fully different building. Now. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. So, but it looks exactly... It looks the same though because I painted it. Do exactly. you share the basement... <laughs> No, so I don't share the. 
it, it, so yes and no, right? So we share the basement. Do you know because, where I'm going with yeah, this question? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> well, yeah, because I actually, so I don't think you know this though, but but go ahead, ask the question. And because so, there's, there's actually a lot more history now that I know. That really? I, yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to hear it. <laughs> this story is like the thing that David and I were like, okay, this is what we need to find out. When we did the tour of the bookstore and the, the where the museum originally was, which right. was next to the bookstore, um, you talked very briefly about the fact that uh, the basement had one of the most scary haunted places mm. in the in the shop, and you said that it's a place that you don't even yeah. really like to go to. I only went in it twice. The entire I was there for nine years. Really? Yeah, I went in there twice. So. So, and there was kind of a vibe, like you got that vibe, even just being in the room that like the, the, and the basement, it's so creepy. It has this like, these like floorboards that like you pull up, like imagine like the, the like Lizzie board. Yeah, yeah. Like the Lizzie like, board in like the house. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and you, you had said, you're like, I don't go down there. Mm-hmm. It is, it's not just an uncomfortable feeling. It's a threatening feeling. Right. And that was about as much as you elaborated right. on that event. And there were other stories that you told us of hauntings in the building, but you said that was the only one that creeped you out. Right. So, so I don't know if you remember this, but we, we used to, they used to see a little boy, right? Yeah. People the little to, boy. That was actually right. the story I was thinking. So, of. so people used to see a little boy and they named him Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got the name Jeremy in a couple of EVPs as well. And a couple of psychics had come through and said the same thing. Um, when we, there were two basements, one was on the bookstore side and one was on the museum side. I would go in the basement on the, uh, bookstore side anytime, mm-hmm. but the, I only went in the, uh, the museum side twice. And that was when I was looking to rent it. Mm-hmm. And when I had to do the last walkthrough before I left. Right. So for nine years, I never went out and I, I never stored anything in it. I, I didn't let people go down. I think Chris went Did, down twice. Chris, Chris said yeah. he had been down a Chris couple times. And had, he said he had, an experience down there, didn't he? So he had a very, well, we both did. <laughs> so as I said, I always, always busting Chris's chops. And yet Chris was always the one that I was with when I did see stuff. Some shit, yeah. um, We went down at one point and um, I think this was the first time I was down. Um, we walked down the stairs, you know, you lift it up, it's a trap door, you go downstairs and, and uh, I, 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 you know, you guys your listeners don't know me but nothing frightens me i'm no, not you I'm are just, not an easily scared yeah person. i'm not a scared i'm not a person that gets afraid i, I mean like the bears scare me you know what i mean but like you know but ghosts you know ghosts don't scare me i'm not afraid of demons i'm not afraid of any any of that stuff at all um and i went downstairs and um we both saw a figure when we got to the bottom of the stairs and we both described it you know and and like i said i was always poo-pooing chris mm-hmm. so the fact that chris described what i had seen as well mm-hmm. um and it was not a child it was definitely something larger than a child it was almost like we caught it off guard and it took off like a shot and honestly i was just like oh my bowels are lucid i have got to <laughs> Did you think that you had stumbled upon like a person down there, like a squatter? No, you know, no, because there was no way they could have gotten out because the, um, the door was actually underneath the, um, 
the molding like like yeah. like you had to lift it to get out no and it didn't look like a human being like it looked like a person like it 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 looked like a tradition it actually looked like a victorian ghost mm. like that's what it looked like it almost looked um like a banshee you like the way like we, veil and robe kind yeah of thing? like okay. like really like like it intentionally was just like oh my god yeah like it would say boo <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> both of us saw the same thing and then um, I never went back down again. And and honestly, that's not like me because usually I would be like, let's go down and investigate every single day. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But there was something about it that felt threatening and felt like stay away. Um, and then I started noticing in the museum itself, there were times that we were there where it was like, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay, stay here. here. Right. It's time for you to go. <clears throat> and we had a lot of stuff where things were thrown and stuff like that. Um, I bought this place, um, which is right next door to the museum, where the old museum mm-hmm. was, um, because I have come to believe that Marie Smith was actually killed in this building. And Marie Smith is the little girl that that people always claim is at Taka. She's that, yeah, that, right? Yeah. yeah. This was actually owned by the Taka person. is a restaurant. Right, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> also a person, and that would be terrible. You know, yeah. that, that she was killed by Taka. Um, uh, but the it was 1910, and um, this building was owned by the florist that uh, Heidemann, who was her killer, mm-hmm. um, was the apprentice to. And there's a lot of evidence that um, he was also involved in the murder as well. Um, I kind of came to believe it, it. Really, it really kind of became a weird thing where everything got out of my way to to own this place. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I made an offer, and they were like, "Yep." um we closed in like three and a half weeks which is unheard of um i will say like the the basement abuts it but the basement here is there's it's i don't feel the negativity here but i do have to say i feel i feel uh, people report a lot more children here because i think it probably was more than one child Mm, who who uh who died here do you think that that might be where jeremy came from and i don't think jeremy was a boy i think jeremy was a girl Mm. and i think people just interpreted it because of the the uh the high pitched voice and the cut the haircut you know it was like a page boy you know what i mean and because i found pictures of marie smith and it's exactly what people describe yeah Yeah, i just I just That's realized weird. that I kind of gave something away in that I said the high pitched voice. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because of the clip, right? Because, yeah. Right, that was that was at the end of our ghost tour, Chris, who was who was the uh the tour guide uh the second time that we did it, played for us an EVP that right. had been taken in the museum mm-hmm. and it was you and Chris, Chris leaving yeah, yeah, yeah. and and you guys were walking out and you had told us you're like every night we say good night Jeremy mm. and and you leave the store and one right. night you recorded it and y- it's clear as day you can hear you and Chris say good night Jeremy and then in the background you hear a little kid say bye yeah but, and, and, and we didn't hear it <laughs> i remember no. I remember getting the recording. And the reason why you didn't hear it on my tour was we hadn't recorded it yet. Mm-hmm. So we, I remember getting it on, it was Mother's Day when they did the review and they played it for me and I threw the recorder. <laughs> Not out of fear, but like, it was like a bird like, in excitement. the house. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. You know, um, you know I, 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 but I've come to believe, I have come to believe that the, the spirit that people claim to see or, or 
or Ducey is a little girl named um, Marie. Named Marie. Um, and I will tell you, right before I opened, so in 2017, a local radio station from Ocean County had reached out to me and asked me if they if I could help them find a um, if if I could help them find a haunted house to sleep to stay over. One of the mm-hmm. DJs wanted to stay. So I was like, <laughs> that's what you're like the haunted Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, haunted realty. Oh my yes. god, yeah. <laughs> Right. Is that it's a like, thing? It is now. I mean, I, I actually started talking about doing Did it. you really? <laughs> Scare. So don't you bitches yeah, try exactly. it. Kathy's doing it first. So um, so uh, we had, um, I forget what I was saying. Um, uh, you were talking about Marie. Right. Yeah. What was I talking about? <laughs> you, 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 you had recorded the EVP on right. Mother's so, Day. So now, so now we're in this building and this, uh, this radio station wants to... They want to sleep over, and they want to sleep in a haunted in a haunted house. And so I, they, but they're like, but we want a good one. You know, like, so can you get us a good define one? good? So I, said, I was like, yeah, it's October. You know, maybe next year. You know, if you're a little late. I said, but you're welcome to stay in my place. It has a reputation for being haunted, and I've haunted artifacts. And they were like, yeah, no, thanks so much, but no, but that's fine. So I was like, I don't care. You know, that's great. Good luck finding a haunted place. Yeah, who cares? So five days later, they're hey. Remember when you said we could stay? <laughs> do you think we could still do that? And I was like, sure, I don't care. So they come in. Um, I'm doing a little bit of a, you know, a spiel, telling them a co- I have two or three haunted artifacts mm-hmm. um, that are out. Everything else is in storage, and uh, I'm telling them, you know, this, 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 and and then I leave. And the next day, two, three days later, I get an email, um, and the email essentially just said, you know. To Kathy Kelly, subject heading, holy shit. Like that, you know? So I'm like, all right, I'll open this one first. I guess they enjoyed it. Let's, let's see what the holy shit is all about. So um, there was a series of EVPs, one of which was really, really compelling. But um, a lot of them were children saying my name. Or... Um, or uh, in one, there was a female saying my name. It's and like the haunting. <laughs> in a way, I was, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Help us, Eleanor. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that. They were just being good neighbors. They're like, you ain't Kathy. Get the hell out of Kathy's place. Well, they were asking them questions like, who do you want to talk to? And they'd be like, Kathy. But what was really weird is, you know nobody calls me Kathy. right? No. I mean, everybody calls me Kathy Kelly. Yeah. Everybody calls me Kathy <laughs> Kelly. So it was like, Kathy Kelly. Like, they, like, <laughs> Even the ghosts call me. Call you Kathy Kelly. Um, but some of them were down in the basement. But then I have an artifact called the called the singing couch, and the story uh, of, of the singing couch is a very long story. But basically, essentially, people for about 160 years have heard what they describe as a woman singing gospel tunes or or spirituals um, when they nap on the couch. Um, so that night, I was telling that story. I told that story. They had the recorder there so that they could, you know, they were going to do bits with it. So they were going to cut it up and they wanted to know what the story mm-hmm. um, And the last recording actually was, it just said the singing couch. And um, it was me wrapping up my story and being like, and that's, the, you know, that's the story. And underneath it, right underneath mm-hmm. my voice, you could hear a woman singing <laughs> And she's singing, it very much sounds like she's singing a spiritual or a gospel song. So it, it was one of those things where, where it, it's like you couldn't pay somebody for something that perfect. Yeah, you know? yeah that's But nuts. I wasn't even open yet. So, so the idea that this stuff was caught 
in anticipation, I thought was really interesting, you know, and, and the idea of the children, um, you know, you know, like I said, I'm not a metaphysical shop, but if there are spirits that are here, they're welcome here. And, and I, you know, to me, it's like, I hope they're happy. I hope they're mm -hmm. content. And if they can leave and want to leave, I hope they leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, yeah. Kathy Kelly's home for wayward spirits. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what it's like. It's like the Hotel California, you know, the Hotel Asbury Park, you know? <laughs> My goodness. You have so many crazy stories. <laughs> Do, is there one to you that is particularly meaningful? Um, you mean like a, haunt, a ghost story? Or, a ghost or, story or some kind of paranormal story. So I, I will say, I think that, um, I think that some of the, so, so one of the most unusual, I don't know, I don't know if I would call it, you know what I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a, 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 a kind of a weird one. Okay, because okay. I was, gonna I like go, I was going ones. back and forth. Um, and we talked about the infernal and we talked about the divine, right? So um, about when I first opened up the shop, I maybe was maybe was uh, maybe a year and a half into it. But I had the, the shop was the culmination of my paranormal like interest, not mm -hmm. the origination of it. Right. So by the time I had opened the shop, I'd already been doing this stuff for 20 years. Yeah. And I been you know, I've been to cemeteries and graveyards and lunatic asylums and all of that, all of those things. Um, so I already had a pretty strong belief system as far as what was of interest to me and, and, and where I fell on the, the skeptical scale and stuff like that. Um, I was in, I was in bed one morning, um, and you know, my partner had already left for the day and, um, I had gotten up, I think I'd gotten up to go to the bathroom and, and, and this was in, in our old house and, and you just would walk across a, um, you would walk across a landing to get to the second floor bathroom. And so I had gotten up and I don't remember, I don't remember what I was reading or what I was interested in at the time, but I'm, I'm sure it was, you know, nothing particular. Um, but I had gotten up to go to the bathroom and as I was walking back, I remember looking into the guest room and I saw these two men in the guest room. Now I'm saying I was dreaming because that's what I'm going with. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> At the time, that is not what I felt. Yeah. Right. But I'm like, I probably was naked, so I would have reacted much more strongly. You know what I said? <laughs> yeah. Or or I had like a you know, a sweatshirt on or something. Yeah. But I saw these two men and they were dressed very similarly to each other. They had khaki pants and a sports jacket or, you know, and like a button-up Oxford. Um, they looked like middle management guys, right? Mm -hmm. They both were like, yeah, vaguely blonde, you know, you know, late late 40s, you know, early 50s. In, and This is in your guest Yeah, schedule. this is what I'm seeing. And I kind of looked over and I looked at them and I was essentially like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, what the fuck are you? What the fuck are you doing here? And the one guy looked at me and he said, um, and I don't know if this is paranormal, but it stuck with me, right? He said, um, I, we're, we wanted, we're here, um, he's an angel, and I'm a demon. And we just wanted you to know that we are paying attention. Like that. Had you just watched Good Omens by any chance? But I will tell you, I... I remember saying, you're, I remember over and over going, you're lying, you're lying, you're mm -hmm. lying, that's not true, that's not true. And then I remember waking up and I was still saying it. And yet I had this real sense that it had happened, that it wasn't, you know, it, and again, maybe it's compelling because it goes completely against 
what my entire belief system is. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, the, the whole parameters of what I of what I claim and what I what I do. And there has always been this strange kind of where where I feel like sometimes I step over a line and something does tend to pull me back or or you know like like um I don't know, create boundaries for me. Cause I, I don't know if you know this, but I did my thesis on, on the study of gin, not, yeah. not the yeah. alcohol, but the study of gin. Yeah. And I had a really weird experience with, with something that, that very much looked like a gin in my house. Nothing ever happens in my house. Um, and I wonder, can you describe gin for, 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 for the, the, the yeah, person? So, so, so in, um, it is not, uh, it is not a Muslim, exclusively Muslim belief, but it is a tenant of Islam. So, mm-hmm. so if you are Islamic, you are required to believe this, right. but many people other than, it, and other than Muslims believe it. Um, so God created three sentient beings when he created the earth, he created, um, angels who are made of, uh, air. Mm-hmm. Um, he created man who is made of clay and he created jinn who's made of smokeless fire and all three have different, um, you know, skill sets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, man is uh, closest to God in the sense that he is in his image, so he has free will. Um, in the Islamic faith, angels do not have free will. Um, and uh, jinn are just like men, or just like just like human beings, but they have other powers and strengths. There's generally considered to be five to seven different families of jinn. Um, so we would look at something like a ghoul, which is mm-hmm. like an eater of flesh or something like that. We have a tendency to think of jinn as being like uh, monsters, but they're really not. They're, it's it's kind of like the Irish. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> which some people consider yeah, to be exactly. monsters. To be monsters, I know. I went right there with it. Um, We're Irish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went right there with it. Um, but I think like... Um, but jinn ha- jin have the ability to kind of uh, coexist with man. Um, with humankind, you could mm-hmm. have a Catholic gin. You could have a, you know, a, you could have a real estate agent gin. You know, <laughs> they can if they choose to. They also can choose to live in the liminal world. That would be a gin would be exclusively for gin. Um, in the Islamic faith, um, there was a belief that God created at least seven worlds, but that it was probably a multitude of worlds, and mm-hmm. that so that so that jinn could kind of work, could kind of go through all of them. They're they're very powerful beings. In a lot of stories, they're negative, um, but they're negative in the sense that you know if if you say you have a million ghosts. The one story you always hear is the jerk. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So it's kind of <laughs> you're never gonna hear the good jerk. story. It's never like, oh, that was a good ghost. You know, no one, the, no one ever tells the story where he picked up my keys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where God you that parking space. Thank you very much, Grace. But yeah, I had that weird kind of thing where I was. Uh, there was all of these weird things. So for me, it's always these weird synchronicities that happen that I don't find explainable in a kind of common way, hmm. you know, um, like when I first, when I was studying, I've had, I, I had had the shop for nine years when I was writing my paper and, um, this man came in, he was from Pennsylvania and he said, my wife just had a very late term, um, miscarriage. And, uh, he was like, I think she's being targeted by a gin. And, you know, my inclination is to be like, mm-hmm, sure. I bet that's what's <laughs> happening. You know, like, Oh no, I'm, I'm sure. No, that sounds totally legit. Um, 
And as I'm standing there, I'm kind of pontificating about, you know, gin because I've read a book now. Mm-hmm. You know, I know everything that I've read. <laughs> I read a book on gin. You know, I got it. Don't worry. I got this covered. And this guy steps away from the bookshelves. And he said, do you mind if I join this conversation? And I was like, no, of course not. And he goes, I actually um, I actually taught at university in Egypt um, for nine for 11 years. And my specialty was gin folklore. I, I mean, you know, I mean, what? <laughs> like, what? Like this. I did read this book. Did you read this book? <laughs> this is book you know. Are you sure you know as much as me? Because I read this book. <laughs> but I mean, you know, like that's a weird kind of coincidence that, yeah. Yeah. number one, someone who's ne- no one has ever asked me about gin. You know what I mean? Not one person had and ever. And have two people so closely related right, about right. it. That they hurt In, each other. Yeah. And then I was just like, let me do, let me handle this one, you know. But, like, <laughs> but it was that weird kind of synchronicity of experiences. And then, um, and the same thing I have to say, it was I, I think I had these weird. I, I was definitely awake when I saw this other this other thing, whatever it was. Um, but I do think it comes down to me having very strict beliefs, where it's like, don't think you know everything. Mm-hmm. You know, don't think you're so smart that there aren't things in this world that you can't that you don't have the answers that, for that you don't that you can't explain. Yeah, you know, because um, it did freak that one did freak me out because I was just like, okay, it's in the hallway. I'm gonna. Just <laughs> I mean, it's up. a lot, yeah. and I I have had experiences even. I remember one of the things that really drew me to this to this place was uh, I have I've talked a little bit about my experiences with what I would call the paranormal in our dad's house growing up. Mm-hmm. And I never had terminology for one of the events that happened to me, which was that basically I was in bed. I shared a room with my brothers and I've told this on the podcast before, so you can all skip ahead 30 <laughs> seconds. I. I was sitting in bed and uh, I shared a room with my brothers and the closet door across from my bed that we always closed before bed was open. And I was like, well, that's terribly unusual. Mm -hmm. And it looked like there was something in the closet. And so I crawled to the end of my bed and my bed had those very thin bars that you could see through. And I was looking and as I got to the end of the bed, it looked like a shadow like stood up at the end of my bed. And I did not have the terminology for how to explain that. Right. And I had said to David at one point, cause David was always very interested in my, in my paranormal stories. And I had said to David, I was like, it, it wasn't like, I can't call it a shadow because it wasn't a shadow. It wasn't, it wasn't a solid figure. It was just something that looked like it was darker than the dark. Right. And Chris used that exact right. terminology to describe a, a specter. Right. And I was like, oh my God, like, I'm not crazy. This is a thing right. that yeah. other people mm-hmm. have experienced. Right, right, right. Um, no, and, and actually, darker than the darkness is is a, a common way of describing shadow, uh, what they're called shadow figures, but mm-hmm. shadow people. Um, no, and it can be very unnerving because it's not solid, but it is a mass. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's no doubt in your mind that if you reached out, there would have been resistance. Yeah. You yeah. know, it would have been it would have been a non, uh, you know, it would have been porous. It would have been this. Yeah. Would, but, but it wasn't an apparition. Right. It, no, was, it, was, it, it was a was being. It was something. A, it, it, right. it looked like there was it something there. It had a there. form. It yeah. had a shape. Exactly. Um, 
and and I there's a lot of different theories about that. There there's a lot of people who will who will go through the paranormal and kind of pick and choose and say, oh, well, that's a shadow person, and that's a this person, and that's a this, and that's a. This. I tend to think that it's all about um, perception and all about. Uh, strength and energy hmm. so when you see shadow figures they just don't have they don't necessarily ha- uh, people tend to think of shadow figures as being negative because dark, they're, they're scary yeah they're yeah. dark you know so it's like that's dumb yeah um <laughs> but you know what i mean but um i actually look at it and think well they're just not strong enough to fully manifest you know like they're not strong enough to to kind of pull together everything that they need to pull together for you to actually see them in their full form. Um, and maybe I'm wrong, but that just makes a lot of sense to me. I was in um, Prague in 2017, and we did an investigation at the uh, cemetery of a defunct lunatic asylum. Um, because, hey, it was vacation, right? So um, so we're out in the middle of, of this Who's your place. travel agent? <laughs> I know. She is. That's the crazy part. <laughs> so... Um, we're out in the middle of this place and, and it, it, it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been as far as like just sheer, you know, the number of stars and everything. Mm-hmm. But we're in this cemetery, has tons of reputations for being haunted, lots of lots of local, you know, stories and, and you know, you're talking about the communist block and so there's a lot of shit that went down there. Um, but you're literally 45 minutes outside of Prague in the middle of nowhere and there's just in this ivy-covered... Um, you know, cemetery, and we're standing at the crossroads in inside the cemetery. You guys know the th- the, the yeah. concept of crossroads, yeah, yeah. where you sell your soul and whatnot. Um, and we had already just listen told- to the Devil and Daniel Webster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Devil so- went down to Georgia. Devil and Daniel Webster is a different thing. <laughs> okay, never mind. Go ahead. We'll clarify all of it in the notes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're there, and there was like four of us, maybe five of us, and um, I had I remembered, you know. Uh, I had my EMF detector. I don't. I don't really rely on equipment. I, you know, like I'll do equipment for for the public, but for me, I don't do a ton of. Yeah. Um, but I had an EMF detector because what the hell? Yeah. So we're in this place. It's about eleven o'clock at night. It is so goddamn dark. You can't even believe how dark it is because it's not only is it night out in the middle of the you know the pristine forest, um, but. You know, there's this canopy of 300-year-old trees that are just over you. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, stunning. And so we're there, and we just heard one of the one of the stories with a care... There was a caretaker that... Um, it was an interesting story. Like, he was a caretaker. He'd been there for years, and always people felt like he hadn't left. So it wasn't this horrible thing. It was just the guy that loved what he did, and maybe he didn't leave, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're standing there at the crossroads, and I, I, it, I can't even see my hand in front of me. And I feel someone come up on my left and they lean over my left shoulder as if they're leaning in to hear something or to maybe see. And I'm like, get the fuck off of me. You know what I mean? Like, who are you? Exactly. I'm like, like, what the fuck is up on me? You know, like, God. And I look over and I realize that I see darker than the darkness. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how I described it. Darker than the darkness. And it just backs up and just whoosh like that. And, and I look around and I see everybody in the group is on the other side of me. Nobody <laughs> was behind me. Nobody was alongside me. They were all in front of me. And, you know, I realized like, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you there was, there was a being there. I felt it. My, 
I'm you just can, trying to see what you're holding. It was just, <laughs> but I mean, you know, you could say, you could say, um, the circumstances confused you or you were in the, yeah. I'm telling you, I, you know, you know, when you turn around to offer somebody a piece of gum, cause you know mm-hmm. that they're there, mm-hmm. you know that they're there and that's how this was. And, and I, and I, 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 it, that's exactly what it was. It was darker than the darkness. And I just think that that was how he was best. Able. I don't, I don't think he was trying to scare me. I don't think, it, I think he was just like, Oh, what are these guys doing? You know what, what are you I mean? doing here yeah. in my house? Hey, what, what do you got there? What's you were you thing? were his person in khaki pants with <laughs> with blonde hair. Exactly. <laughs> Is that another know. new iPhone? That doesn't oh, work. No. <laughs> so something that's always interested me about you is that you also lead seances. I do. Uh, do. do you have a lot? I mean, you must have some cool stories about leading seances. So I, I never did in the beginning. I don't know if you remember Bill, but Bill was a psychic. I do remember Bill, yeah. but unfortunately Bill's passed, passed away this year. Did but he really? He did. Yeah. And oh. we hadn't talked in a, in a few years and it was, you know, I still, I, I have a great deal of affection for him. Hmm. Um, but I started doing seances as a way of being like, hey, let's see if anything happens with this. And I never consider myself a, uh, any kind of a psychic medium or anything like that. Um, but apparently I am. Um, <laughs> uh, I started doing the seances as a way to keep busy during the winter months and yeah. to be like, hey, let's see, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, let's throw the kitchen sink at this and see what happens. Um I will tell you, I have had unbelievable experiences with seances where I just, I don't know where the stuff, where it comes through, Um, whether it's mind reading or, you know, sometimes, sometimes I think it's that. And then sometimes information comes through that nobody at the, at the table knows and you find out validation, you know, like a week later or two weeks later. Um, do you think that has to do, cause you had mentioned earlier that you're very interested in telekinesis and yeah. kind of like that kind of mental power. I think that, yeah. I mean, I think part of that is that I think when it's something that nobody else knows, you have to wonder then if there isn't another intellect that's involved. So, mm-hmm. so it's one thing, like if you're sitting there and it's, it's, you know, um, you're desperately trying to communicate with Donald, right? Donald, Donald, you're saying, you're thinking Donald and I hear Donald and I say Donald, right? Mm -hmm. But then when I say something like, you know, you know, Donald donated a kidney at the age of six and you didn't know that, you know, and you go home and talk to his mother and find out, Oh, Donald donated a kidney at the age of six. (laughs) That information wasn't available for telekinesis, you know, for, for that kind of communication. So you then have to wonder, where did that information come exactly, from? And that's yeah. when it's very compelling. Um, it can be super emotional. Um, I like to we I like to have a really fun one because <laughs> I believe that the more you laugh, the closer you are actually are to spirit. Yeah. So um, I would say in I've done probably close to three or four hundred of them. Probably, probably close to four hundred of them. Um, and I can tell you that there's three that stand out as terrible. Like so really? much, yeah. Where it's where it's like that knocked me on my ass, and I'm not sure I ever want to do that again wow. because it's you know like I, I like to think of myself as a really ethical person, mm-hmm. and so because I have these questions and because I'm always questioning stuff like that, I'm always like, guys, take take what I'm doing here with the greatest all, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something intellectually um, dishonest about that as well because you are, I am making an assertive statement. 
You know, you, right. you know what I you're mean? You're putting so, something on the right. table. Right. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't want to then be backing off of it and being like, but don't take me at my word. You know, yeah. like, yeah. Um, so you kind, so I kind of have to, I try to be as honest as I possibly can, almost to the point where it's where it maybe it's ruining the experience for people. <laughs> um, but one of the things that's really difficult for me is is the cons. Is it's like walking a tightrope and kind of being exposed. Um, that people think of you is the idea that you would be fraudulent with something so tender mm. and so so personally you know important to people and so i'm constantly checking myself and being like is that something you know something you think so you, you, you yeah. know along those lines but um i had a seance with with a guy and he just um everything i said he was just like you know he essentially just was calling me a fraud and I was very fortunate because there were four or five people at the table who had already been to a seance. And when I stepped out to go to the to, to the ladies' room, they were like, it's you. You're the one ruining this, you know, which was really nice. But the, the biggest negative for something like that is that his – it's not skepticism. His disrespect um, – because being skeptical is fine. Yeah. But disrespect is not fine it shut everybody else down. And so it's like, you're here asserting your opinion and making it impossible for this person to feel safe to share, you know, what they Anything want to share. Anything going on. Yeah. Right. And so in, in his case, I ended up disbanding the seance and just saying to everybody, hey, listen, if you guys want, you know, you get your money back. And if um, it's because the money's for my time, but, you know, if you want to come and do another one, we come and do every everybody except him did another one, um, <laughs> including his girlfriend. Um, <laughs> but then there are just ones where it's it's just slow. Um, but then I can also remember I can also think of five or six that I thought were pretty life changing. Hmm. You know, where information came through that was so accurate and so like there was one that came, it's 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 funny. The guy's name was Joseph actually, and <laughs> um, his I, I was standing behind this woman and I said there's a Joseph here and she said yes that makes sense it's you know it's my uncle and I said but there's another Joseph who's a younger man but not his son and she's like oh yeah I know who that is and I, and, and I was like I was like and I knew what I, I knew what she was getting at because I'd seen it you know yeah. and I said he's showing me um a Ferrari symbol you know like the Ferrari and she goes his last name was Ferraro you know you know so so that oh, wow. kind of stuff and then the other Joseph was his younger lover, mm-hmm. who um, who they've had a very much a um, patron acolyte experience, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. So so where it was like he was not his the love of his life, he, but he was he was responsible for him, and and it was a very obvious relationship um, that he was acknowledging that the family still took care of this guy after he had passed away, and, mm. but it was very moving because first of all the energy the guy's energy was just really nice and funny and everything. But she was just like, I'm so glad I can uh, I can honestly tell him like we knew. Yeah. No one's shocked. Exactly. Fine. Um, can you imagine waiting that long to come out? My God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're like 310. Yeah. It's like, well, I gotta tell I like, somebody. I like girls. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. So. Have you ever recorded a seance? I record every seance. Do you really? Would okay. you ever do a seance with us on the podcast? You know, I would. Yeah, you know what? I would. I mean, for you. I mean, I trust you guys. So, yeah, I would. <laughs> sounds, um, like, <laughs> sounds like the fuck we will. 
Well, remember, a seance is really not an interactive thing. Like, yeah, uh, right. It's 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 like um, it's kind. Of, I, I hate to say it's like fishing because that's what everybody thinks you do anyway. But it really is kind of throwing out a thing and plucking things out of the and seeing out what of the comes ether. back. Yeah. Um, and and there is a lot of like you know. Um, flotsam and jetsam that you're just that you're just kind of like that doesn't make sense I, I will tell you it's very funny because in almost every seance you're like if if you if you if this makes sense to you take it right if later on it doesn't give it back you don't have to pay for it don't yeah. worry about it um and you'll be like is there a tom does someone have a tom who's passed away there's a tom he passed away there was something wrong with his left like and i realize all of this stuff is sounding vague to you but in the moment it's much more like you know it's much more kind of compelling and and then no one takes it, and then you know you finally connect with somebody about an hour later, and their friend is like, "Oh, is that Tom's wife?" And it's like, "You fucking said you didn't have a fucking Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this fucking Tom? Who's Tom? Why is he like this? this? You I had one job. You had one responsibility. <laughs> when Tom's foot was amputated, was that? I fucking said he had a problem with the fucking. Foot, you know? <laughs> I said, "Does anyone know a Tom who's missing a foot?" <laughs> And you're like, no, it doesn't ring a bell. No, it's like, his name is Tommy. It's like, oh, fuck you. You know, like, um, you know what's funny about that is one time I, uh, I was doing a, a show in Philadelphia, and it was a street fair. And someone hired me to come and be an entertainer. They were like, come dressed as a Romani person, and you're going to give, like, quote, unquote, psychic readings mm-hmm. and it was all it was all jokes it was like because I'm a, I'm a comedian so I was like I will go and I'll be like something is green I'm getting I'm getting green and they'd be like I, I don't even like green mm-hmm. and I was like I like green you should tip me <laughs> like things like that yeah, like yeah, stupid yeah. things like that and there every like once in a while right someone would sit down at the table and it would be like something just told me I was like this person needs something. Right. And I would just start to talk and they would be like, oh my God, that's exactly what I'm right. going through right now. And it was like nonsense. I right. never would have known. And but that's, but that is like, I mean, that's what that is. But And it was so strange to me because I don't consider myself to be in any way a psychic medium mm-hmm. or, or like that's, I just, I've, I have not had enough experiences to say, I would be confident enough to sit down at a table with people and give psychic readings. I've had some very odd interactions where I've manifested some information right. that I don't know how where I it got came it. From, right. But it, it's like every once in a while, I would just pull up something and be like, wow, where did that come from? Right. And it was, a, it was a very strange experience. Something really obscure. Like, I, I will tell you, it's true. Like, um, there are certain things that I do that I'm that I'm that I'm kind of doing. I present it, and and like I'll present information by asserting a statement that's really a question. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. But if I assert it, then it's I said it versus I asked for. Right. But I'm really asking for clarification, or I'm really, you know, we'll say you have two daughters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm yeah. asking a question. Then my yeah. voice went up at the end. I'm saying, right. do you have two daughters? Yeah. Right. So, but because I've said it. You know, there's a confidence that they feel, and in, 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 and and I'm conscious of doing that. I know that I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes information comes through where you're just like, that's really fucking obscure. Like, I had a woman um, who's lovely and funny and not a believer in any of this stuff and brought her daughter because her daughter wanted to connect with her father who had passed away several years ago. And she was just like, I hope she does. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, whatever. <laughs> I don't believe it, but whatever. You know? Yeah. And so she was cool, and we, we always had a lot of fun. 
Um, and I was standing behind her. It was towards the end. And she had been kind of laughing a little bit at me the whole time. But mm-hmm. in a good, funny way. I don't give a shit. Yeah. You know, she was not offending me in any mm-hmm. way, shape or form. And uh, I got behind her and I was like, oh, your Aunt May is here. And she was just like, how do you know about my Aunt May? You know, <laughs> I was just like, I don't know. You know, like it just it just popped up. And I said to her, did you drown a rabbit? And she's like, <laughs> she's like, her da- her daughter's like, no, she didn't drown a rabbit. And she's like, I did. I drowned a rabbit. <laughs> and what she had done was when she was four years old, she had a pet rabbit. Mm-hmm. And she had been feeding it with a bottle. And oh, she had fed it until it died. Like oh she God. would not let it, you know, like breathe. Like, right, breathe. And like she carried, and she she was not, honestly, she didn't have a terrible amount of guilt about it. It was more like she's like, where did that come yeah. from? And I'm like, well, Aunt May remembers, you know, like, you know, but it's that kind of obscure detail that comes out from time to time. We were like, where the fuck does that come from? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you like, can't cold read that. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's something so obscure where it's like there's there's absolutely information that comes through and it's cold it, it, it's it's cold reading it's psychic it's it's the commonality of human experience you know mm-hmm. everybody knows a john and mary who died from something from here to yeah, here yeah. you know yeah, I mean, exactly um, <laughs> you know, everybody has one, you know everybody has one um i had one woman who i was standing behind her and i said i said i'm just gonna say this because you know i have to say it um Iphigenia is here to talk to you. And I'm like, that's my joke name. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's my joke name. And she's like, oh my God, that's who I'm here for. And I'm like, you are fucking kidding me. <laughs> and it was Ifahanya. And she was her great, great, great grandmother. And they were doing ancestry. And she was trying to connect with her for her great, great grandmother's how her great great grandmother had passed. Wow, well, you can't um, find documents. That is one so, way to try yeah, to do it. Seriously, go to Kathy Kelly. <laughs> I'll tell you, there's through Ancestry.com. Very rarely people will come through with uh, with a real um, agenda that sometimes it's a little bit scary. Like I had a woman that came through who came recently and she was looking for medical stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not, Yeah. I'm not yeah. that. You know? And that's something I always warn people. It's like, Sam and I are both witches. Like we mm-hmm. we fuck with the spiritual, but I uh, always you say like fuck with the spiritual. <laughs> no, I'm saying like I the, respectfully <laughs> examine it from a distance with I, a candle lit. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. But I always say like because it is a belief system, you have to give it the the respect of being. Uh, kind of weighed by right, balanced. Ba- by right. being yeah. balanced by what you can see and prove. Right. So I, I think that's a very respectable way of, of doing it. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to totally shift gears. Yeah. Now I have, to, I have to shift into the next thing. One of the big reasons we're here tonight is because it is coming up on the holiday season and you have a very, very cool... <laughs> Christmas tradition here in Asbury Park. Yes, we do. Can you tell us a little bit about it? So I'm super excited because we are celebrating our fifth annual uh, Krampus Asbury Park uh, Festival. Um, Krampus, for those of you who don't know, is not a demon. He's not a devil. He's not a bad guy. He's probably one of those middle management guys. Um, (laughs) 
Swiss khakis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> a blazer. Vaguely uh, blonde. <laughs> with long talons and horns, and he will cut you from... There's a lot of people redoing their costumes stuff. <laughs> I know. They're like, oh, God, I have to return this. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, well, I didn't need this rise. Okay. Just give me the Give me the rise on. I can't believe you just said eyes on. And let's see. He... So he is a he is a uh, a, a creature mm-hmm. um, that predates Christianity by like five thousand years. You can find him all the way back to like Pan, mm-hmm. right? Green yeah. Man and the Krampus folklore from from uh, Europe, Northern Europe predominantly, um, and Germany and uh, and uh, Austria is that Saint Nicholas brings the presents to children who are well behaved and Krampus like brings the pain <laughs> or not. He brings so, the whoop out. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what he does. So the thing about Krampus is or Krampus. Um the thing about Krampus is that um he is not an arbitrary psycho. You're not dropping him in a village and being like, well if there's collateral damage at least we got the naughty kids. Yeah. You know, he has a he has a a, a set group of people that he's he's sent out to get mm-hmm. um and i would say that if krampus is coming he gets for the you, naughty list yeah, we, yeah exactly okay, there you go. we have the official naughty list here by the way you can Do add you? names to our naughty list on krampusap.com oh, I um, absolutely be on and, and i read them off of the roof every single <laughs> yes. every year Sweet. and we ring a bell and and um and krampus it, takes them away yeah, krampus goes and gets them. <laughs> so what we do is we have a film festival we have uh, walking tours pretty much everything is free um, and then we usually have about 50 to, to between 50 and 70 people that come dressed up as Krampus and we race them. There's a, there's a tradition <laughs> in Germany. Like with a actually, little jockey or you just ring a bell? No, we're okay. like, no, it's like run. <laughs> get, this, Krampus, right? get going. <laughs> get going. Um, and then the kids decide who's the scariest one and they're named Krampus for uh, 2009. This year will be 2019. Last year, um, we had Krampus was on December 1st and I actually had a, my Christmas present was that I woke up on December 2nd and there were tickets to Germany and we went to Germany to see their Krampus. Uh, um, and so I, I got to go and experience what um, the origin was. The funny thing is, is we're a much smaller scale, obviously. We're yeah. not Munich. Mm-hmm. I know we're, we're, yeah. I know Asbury Park's getting a lot of press. Shocking. But we're not Munich. Um, you know, Asbury Park's believing it's press, but we're still not Munich. Um, but we went, you know, we went there and and I was really excited by how familiar it felt. I'm like, we are nailing this. Yeah, like there's yeah. there's something about the folklore and the way we're doing it that that um that really is 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 getting at kind of what the original uh, folklore is That's and awesome. the idea is Krampus comes to t- you know in in the in the villages way up in the in the hills um, it would be teenage boys right who yeah. would get to dress up and they'd go in and scare the shit out of the out of the kids and they just <laughs> every teenage it. boys you know yeah. like, <laughs> it's like I get like, presents and then I get to go scare yeah. the crap out of then, my little exactly. brother this is the best day That's ever it. <laughs> and you know it was like you know people I mean you know I think a big thing about Krampus and why he's important and why the folklore is important is it used to be that there were repercussions for action, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. if you did something wrong, something happened to you. Now the, what happens is you have an absence of reward, as if that's the same thing as punishment. Mm. You know, So it's like if you reach out and you touch the hot stove, your hand gets burned. Yeah. You don't just like not, you don't just get, a not get a cookie. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? <laughs> right. So like, 
So like you just so so with with Krampus, that's the idea is that he is an agent of retribution and yeah. balance. You know, we also get a bunch of Saint Nicholases, and um, my friend Matt Lake, who's a, a writer, who's one of the reasons why I started doing it, was because he wrote a. Uh, a, a series of Krampus carols and I was just like well this is just fucking hilarious you know I was just like this you is need, hilarious you need next year I I vow to start the Krampus carolers <laughs> I, I, I'm ready <laughs> I'm all in we have the first Krampus carolers here at Asbury Park I am all in I'm all in. We uh, this year we're doing an, uh, an outdoor escape room for uh, kids. Most of the money that we raise, um, we do uh, portraits with um, Yeti and Krampus. We've done that for 13 mm-hmm. years. Um, 100% of those proceeds go to the, the charity of our year, and this year it's the um, Walk to End Lupus. Oh. Um, so, and we've been doing that for a long, long time. But um, honestly, if you're not familiar, first of all, go to our website because there's a lot of cool videos on there and the folklore is on there. And that website is www.crampusasburypark.com. <laughs> K-R-A-M-P-U-S. Um, but it's a, you know, and we're, you know, we're all over social media. So. Yeah. We're, wait, I'm all over social media. It is so cool. And I, you know, I can't help but feel like. You may have been instrumental in bringing Krampus to Asbury. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, hopefully I was. Hopefully I'll get the list and get them all taken care of. But um, when uh, it was about nine or ten years ago that somebody came in and suggested that I do it. Mm-hmm. And it's only because Asbury Park has lost Halloween a little bit because the zombie walk is so early in the, in yeah. the, in the month mm-hmm. that um, I was just like, well, if I can't do Halloween... I'm going to do this. And there are a lot of people who who are against us doing it. Um, and the implication is like, why can't you let kids have fun? And it's like, no, 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 dude. Kids get it. I was going to yeah. say, like, kids I've seen pictures. Those kids don't look like they're having a no, bad time. The kids love it. And, and they love it because they're already afraid of Santa. Because Santa is some kind of like CIA spook that's like <laughs> he, he breaks into your house, no one sees him ever, and he can just arbitrarily decide your fate. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? He's uh, he's watching. It's like you don't me, know me, Santa, and I'm suddenly supposed to sit on his lap. You tell me to stay away from strangers. <laughs> and <laughs> Harvey like, Weinstein, <laughs> don't sit on his lap. Either. No, please. Oh, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> well, I have good news and I have bad news. <laughs> The good news is it is almost time to go to Brickwall Tavern and get myself a chicken pot pie. The bad news is we are approaching the end of our episode. But I do have one thing I want to do real quick before we go. We played a game with my friend Adam, who is actually, you would probably love Adam. Uh, he is an oddities collector. Mm. And we played a game with him a couple weeks ago where uh, he had to name two of the items in his collection and describe them without going into any details of their story or anything. And one of them had to be haunted and one of them wasn't. Okay. And I thought it would be fun if we did something similar with you. Okay. Where you tell us two short ghost stories and Sam and I have to try and decide which one is real that actually happened to you. Okay. Uh... And I know you're, you're like, I have to make up a ghost story. <laughs> That's not a problem. That's <laughs> what I figured for you. I was like, I was like, Kathy is not going to have a problem writing a story on the spot. So, um, okay. So I'm, so I'm going to tell you two ghost stories. One's true and one's And one is false. One right. is false. Okay. Um, I was in, 
I was in Ireland when I was 17 years old. And I had, um, I, I had gone, I, I mean, I've told you stories about that. I had gone to Ireland several, several times or many times when I was a, a child. Um, and I had gone over with a couple of friends of mine and we had, um, we were staying in my mother, the house that my mother grew up in. Mm-hmm. My grandmother had passed away about, I want to say about seven or eight years prior to that. And we were actually sleeping upstairs in her in her room and I have six cousins that live in that house but everybody kind of lived in one large room um and or stayed in one you know stayed in one large room it's and like because Charlie we were Bucket. The, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> honestly I'm not lying that's exactly what it was really? like so but we were the Yanks so we got to stay there yeah. you know on that particular mm-hmm. night so um my friends were sleeping in the double bed and I was sleeping in this like little they would call it the baba cot right mm-hmm. so it was like those little babies cot and I was about, it was about three or four o'clock in the morning and I was kind of suffering from jet lag. And um, I was sitting up in bed and I remember I could see out the side and, and see the wind coming through the window. And all of a sudden I completely lost control of one side of my body. It just froze. And I was sitting up and I remember thinking in my brain, watch out, here she comes. And I didn't, I, I didn't really know my grandmother because she had passed away when I was 10 um, and she had lived in Ireland. But I saw this woman sitting at the bottom of my, uh, standing at the bottom of my bed. And um, she was about 45, maybe 50 years old. And she almost looked like she was in black and whites. And I was just, I remember laying there and I, and suddenly she put her hands on the bed and it was like the bed was electrified. And I just was like, whoosh. And I sat up. And I said, Grandma, like that. And she looks at me and she goes, this woman who I didn't identify as her, my, my grandmother because she didn't look like she was 70. Um, she looks at me and she goes, she wants you to know she's all right. Now, my mother had been in Ireland, but I'd missed her. And it was as soon as she said that, she disappeared and I could fully move again. My friends didn't hear anything. And I had spoken up and I had mm-hmm. spoken loudly. So, but they didn't hear, they didn't hear anything. So, hmm. so that's one. Story number one. Story number so one. spooky. Okay. So story number two actually takes place in my current house. Um, I moved in there 10 years ago and I was, uh, we had moved in prior to the, uh, like the, like there was no cable when we moved in, which I was like so stupid. <laughs> you know, like, why the fuck are you moving in? There's no cable. Um, there was no cable when we moved in. We had had a lot of strange experiences in the house, and, and a lot of people who stayed over would have these weird little experiences. Um, and we had moved in, and Alisa was asleep. Um, we had a friend that had was staying over with us, um, and I couldn't sleep, so I stayed in one of the guest rooms. And when I um, when in the middle of the night, I kind of was like, I bet I could find a DVD to watch because I can't possibly stay up here um, and not watch TV. <laughs> so I went downstairs and I started watching Zoolander, right? Because it's awesome, <laughs> right? So I'm watching Zoolander. Um, and then about halfway through it, I'm like, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to, you know, I'm going I'm, I'm, to, I'll, I'll go up to bed now. And I walked up to the, to the top of the stairs and all of the lights that I had just turned off were actually um, on again. And I, I, you know, you'd think that you think like, did I really shut them off? Did I not really mm-hmm. shut them off? So I decided to do a walk through, through the living room and, and our living room is really big. It's almost like a ballroom or a di- or like a, a drawing room. 
And as I walked in, there was a the, the couch was right in front of the fireplace, but we'd never used the fireplace. We'd never done anything like that. And I decided that I was, I was just going to sit there for a little while. And as I sat there, um, you know, the moon was coming through. It was just, and I'm that kind of person where I just kind of think about like who's lived here before, who, who hasn't lived here before. And I heard what sounded like little footsteps kind of running up behind the couch. Now the couch is one of those traditional um, Victorian kind of things. So mm-hmm. it's not comfortable. It's stupid. It's yeah. like a dumb couch. <laughs> you know, like it's like a ridiculous couch to have. Do you have pets? And, yes, I do have pets. But at that time we had one pet, uh, a pet. Um, his name is Seamus. Um, which is a different story altogether, but that was <laughs> since his past. But we were sitting there. I was sitting there on the couch, and I was. The moon was kind of coming in through this this uh, through this window, the window to my right. Um, the fireplace is huge, and it was really lit up, really, really beautiful. And I could hear these. It sounded like the footsteps of children, right, running up behind me. And it, I, you're, you're kind of being doing a creeped out thing. I kind of was too. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It kind of was making me uncomfortable. That is and one of the creepiest sounds to me in the world. No, I, t- I laughing, say it to David all oh, the time. And, and oh. The laughter of children. <laughs> oh, it's so terrible. When there aren't there. But I was sitting there. I don't know, sometimes. I was, I was, I, I'm sitting there, and it was very, very subtle, but we had talked about the, the darker than mm-hmm. the darkness. Yeah. Um, I was sitting there, and I was looking at the fireplace. I was kind of taking in this kind of idea of like, you know, where I was in my life. And we had this, we just bought this huge house and it was just, you know, this huge fabulous house. Um, <laughs> and, and I felt someone sit down next to me. And again, I was completely paralyzed because there was that sense of there literally is a person mm-hmm. next to me. Yeah. And I remember standing up, like not looking right, not looking left, but like an, <laughs> you know, like a automaton. I stood up, I turned to the, to the left and I walked straight and I don't know this house. Right, I don't know it like the way you would know it now. Yeah. And I walked straight through the kitchen, through the living room, up the back stairs, into the bedroom, and got into bed without ever looking to my to right. To see what was there. I was so convinced something was right there with me. Like that's how convinced I was that someone had sat down to me on my right. I was convinced that they were walking with me the whole way. And that's two. All right, you want to guess first? I can't. I'm like, these are so, I want them both to be true. Oh, goodness. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say story number Oh, God, I can't make up my mind. Uh, story, I'm going to say story number two is, is fake. See, I was going to say story number two is the true one. I, that's how I feel. I'm like, they, you're such a good storyteller. I was gonna- <laughs> I, I'll tell you why story number two, because I didn't see how the the children's footprints led to the next part. Now I do that. I'm thinking about it, <laughs> but I'll I'll just say story number two. I'm, I, I'm probably wrong. I get that, but honestly, what clinched it for me was like when you said you walked up the stairs and through the room, and th- 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 it's like I know whenever I've been fucked up, like freaked out i always notice that shit mm-hmm. like i feel yeah. like that's just too much detail for it to be fake but you're about to tell me i'm wrong so it's fine i am about to tell you yeah, wrong. I, knew. <laughs> I knew it i was like story number two but I you know it. what yeah, here's the thing though like part of it is because it's true in a little bit of a way right okay. it, it, right. It, you know like because that experience that part of it mm-hmm. has happened to me okay do you know what i mean yeah. where mm-hmm. it's like i i am a hundred percent sure mm-hmm. somebody in fact that's 
part of a story that we used to tell on the tour. Yeah. Where it's like, I am a hundred percent sure somebody is here. Is next to so me, like, yeah. so, you know, like I just, uh, which is not a great way to, to be as a historian to be like, I'm just going <laughs> to pick uh, cherry pick out reality. But yeah. yeah, it's number two. You know, it's funny. I, I have said on the podcast before I had a, I actually had an experience like that where, um, in my new apartment before Sam came over and helped me put up wards and things, I had an experience where one morning David, David always gets up before I do because I get home so late and he has a nine to five and I have a five to nine. So, uh, (laughs) I, I was laying in bed and I felt David get out of bed and go into the bathroom, went to our ensuite to take a shower. And so he was taking a shower and I heard the door close and he had been there and I was like, just starting to fall back like into sleep. And I felt him get back in bed. Right. And I was like, I was like, why the fuck is David back in bed? I was like, he has to get, he has to go to work. And I rolled over to be like, what are you doing? And he wasn't there. (laughs) No one was there. And the bathroom door was closed and he was in the shower. And I was like, okay. And I went and like knocked on the door and said to him, I was like, David, you just got back in bed. And he was like, the fuck I did. (laughs) And and he like made fun of me for it for a, a few minutes. And then I want to say a few days later, I had to get up to go to a show around like 7 a.m. I had to get into full drag for like a brunch. And I was in the bathroom and I'm shaving and doing everything I have to do. And there's a knock on the door. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I open Mm. the bathroom door and it's David. And I'm like, what's the matter? He was like, I just had the same thing happen to me. And that was when then literally I was like, okay, I like put down my razor, picked up my phone and texted (laughs) Sam. And I was like, you and Sarah need to come over and help us put up words in my apartment. (laughs) It's so intimate and so such a breach. You know what I mean? Because you're so, it's like you said, vulnerable Mm -hmm. in that moment of being in bed and then having that thing where it's like, this is clearly a place you are not welcome in. There's no reason to believe right. if you are right, a right, spirit right. that you are welcome right, right, in this right. place. No, no. This is my, this this is clearly you're yeah. this is you're clearly making a statement yeah. by climbing into bed yeah. with me. Yeah. And that's that's designed to make me feel uncomfortable. I know yeah. it's so creepy. Kathy, I'm so glad you joined us for this episode. <laughs> I, we have to have you on another one because we like it, it, your stories are like an iceberg, and we just <laughs> on the top. There's like mountains and mountains of stories that we did not get to. I even have notes for like stories that I know of that I'm like we didn't even touch them. Like I we didn't even get to them. So I. I'm so grateful that you Always. came and did our podcast. I would love to have you back on again. Um, and that's really it for us. Is there anything we didn't touch on that you wanted to say uh, before we go? No, I, no. thank you very much. This was a ton of fun. I really appreciate you guys thinking of me. And, and um, if it. you want more from Kathy, please visit the Paranormal Bookstore and Museum in Asbury Park. Go yes. to Krampus Walk. Go to their website buy stuff come talk to her she's super cool <laughs> what is the date of the krampus event uh krampus is december 6th 7th and 8th 6th 7th and 8th which i believe uh this will be a perf- perfectly timed for when we release this episode <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the day after tomorrow from yeah awesome, awesome. <laughs> basically um so that is it kids remember uh you should you should all be going out and supporting small local businesses and especially paranormal books and curiosities here in Asbury Park. And we uh, we're going to leave it at that. Please come and see the museum because there's a lot of shit down there that you would love to see. So until next time, stay spoopy and remember. Linda, what are we dealing with? What you see up there? You don't want to know, sweetheart. Honey, 
I just got my ass kicked by a bunch of Christmas cookies. So trust me when I say I can take it. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Alon, and this episode contains clips from Krampus distributed by Legendary Entertainment and Universal Pictures 2015. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara Duel.